0: Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Janet Jaswal, VP of Global Marketing at CloudBeds, a cloud-based hotel management platform. Janet, it's great to have you on the show.
1: Likewise, great to be on.
0: So say a few words about CloudBeds and about the problem that you guys help solve.
1: Sure. Yeah. So Cloudbeds is the fastest growing technology provider to the travel and hospitality industry. Our mission is to power every property globally with our integrated cloud based hospitality management platform. Today we empower more than 20,000 independent hoteliers and hosts across 157 countries you know, with the technology that they need to grow their revenue, streamline operations, and deliver a memorable guest experience. In other words, we want hoteliers to run and grow their business with the confidence and ease through better technology and really level the playing field. It shouldn't be only the Marriott's and the Hilton's of the world that should have the best technology.
0: Okay. So if you're not a Marriott or a Hilton, how until you guys have been, begun offering your solution? What was typical for you know like a smaller hotel operator? How were they doing management before you know you guys came along?
1: Yeah, you know, if you look at the technology landscape for um, hoteliers, it, it really looks like a, a spaghetti mess. In that, there are typically seven to ten technologies that the hoteliers would have to integrate themselves. And it made it very difficult because, you know, a person was a different person in one system versus another. They had to reconcile all that information. They had to learn, you know, seven or eight different systems. And in the hoteling industry, there's a lot of turnover.
0: Mm-hmm. And so as
1: soon as you, you know, train somebody, you know, a few months later, they leave. And all of a sudden, you're, you're stuck with having to retrain somebody. So it has been very difficult for them, which is part of the problem we have addressed, which is one integrated platform that has really multiple capabilities, but it's, you know, uh, one login, it's always in sync. It's one platform and it makes life a lot easier for these hoteliers.
0: Okay. So, which is great, but also you guys have the challenge of introducing a new way of doing a thing that hoteliers have been doing a different way for quite a while. And so, yeah. How have you guys been successful in getting people to try something new, which can often be really hard to do?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, while our global headquarter um, is based in the U.S., we have a globally distributed workforce. So a big part of our success in getting people to try something new is that we focus on being local. In other words, we have sales and customer support people in the local area where the prospects are located. And most likely, we also have employees that come from the hoteling industry and speak their language, literally and figuratively. In fact, many of our employees also own hotels or used to own hotels. They used to be the the general manager of hotel chains. So speak from that experience. Um, In fact, our employees that are located in more than 40 countries are bilingual, if not trilingual. So they, are also, they also speak their local language, not just speak hoteling. This means we understand the local language and customs of the hoteliers with whom we engage, which makes them more likely to want to talk to us. We also try to reference a hoteliers' local peers who are CloudBed's customers, so, so they understand that others just like them also use our platform. This helps them to be more open uh, to trying something new. You know, after that, then it's it's up to how well our platform can alleviate their pinpoints and bring the benefits that hoteliers want. They want to grow revenues faster. They want to streamline their operations and deliver memorable guest experiences.
0: Okay. So why is it that having local people on the ground who speak the same language, like literally the same language, but also know the hotel business and can speak that language, why does that make a difference?
1: It makes a difference because they trust them. They they know that they understand them. They, they speak their language. So having mm-hmm. local presence is important in the hoteling industry because it's a, a lot of it is uh, relationship driven as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, some big technology company based in the U.S. that, you know, is selling from far away. Um, our company has been formed on a distributed workforce. So we, we've we been remote from day one uh, since our founding uh, nine years ago, and we very much believe that that has been part of the secret of our success in that it's, you know, it's act global, but think local, you know, to uh, use a uh, overused phrase, maybe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So, and, and uh, now a big part of what you guys need to do is teach people a new way of doing things. So... How do you educate people without making them feel like they're being lectured to or being told, like, everything you've been doing is wrong, we'll show you the right way? How do you, you know, how do you teach without getting without, you know, getting into that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, that is that's always tricky. Right. What we do is we educate our audience through helpful content, you know, across a variety of formats in some countries, you know, even HTML. Emails doesn't work. They want plain text, right? Because maybe bandwidth is different. So, you know, we use videos, we use eBooks, we use blogs. We keep it casual more because hoteliers tend to be less tech savvy. And so, you know, we want to meet our audience and give them the formats that they're comfortable with. And our goal is to provide information, best practices, how-to guides, templates that help them to be a more successful hotelier. It doesn't matter to us if the content's not relevant to our product offering or that if the content mentions our competitors. Our goal is to inform and educate them. We're not trying to sell to them. We, uh, if we have salesy content, it, it, it went through, fell through the cracks. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was not deliberate. And if we've done our job well, we'll be rewarded with their time and attention when they're ready to select a new hospitality management platform or potentially, um, refer us to someone who needs one. Oftentimes, even if we don't end up making a sale, they know other people who can use it because they are that impressed with the software and the fact that, you know, we treat them like human beings and we can relate to them on their level. We know we're doing our jobs well because the average time on our site is uh, nine and a half minutes. And then average visitor visits more than five pages, you know, per visit. And our bounce rate is like Thirty percent, slightly above thirty percent. So you know, we keep an eye on those metrics, and and we do think that our content is is serving our audience well. You know, because because they spend so much time on our site.
0: Yeah, sounds like it. So, what's something that you've learned about your audience that's been a little surprising?
1: Um, Well, one thing that continues to surprise me, although. I shouldn't, (laughs) you know, given that I've been doing marketing for more than 20 years. But many marketers, you know, live and breathe their products 24-7. And they forget that their audience doesn't, you know, they're not as uh, immersed into their products. So what the marketers tend to do is instead of speaking to their customers in a way that their customers can relate and then bringing them along for the right, you know, to a point where they're engaging with you naturally, they focus on on emphasizing the best way that they are differentiated and how they're better than their competitors. They also tend to, and, and I'm guilty of this as well. So I'm not saying I haven't done it, but I, I watch myself as often as I can to make sure I don't, which is, you know, using acronyms that the audience doesn't always understand. Like we, you know, in tech marketing, we use a ton of acronyms, and we just think, well, everybody else knows it because we've been mm. using it for decades. Well, our audience may not. So it, it, it's being able to have less education that's product-centric and having more ways to speak to them through storytelling, but also being problem or goal-centric. That's you know what our audiences are looking for. They're not looking for a product. Because oftentimes... You know, we're rushing to communicate the benefits of our offering, but what we don't, what we want to realize is that, you know, our audience isn't even aware that they have a problem, (laughs) let alone that it needs to be fixed through, you know, this wonderful product that we sell. We have to be able to educate them and help them understand, hey, Mr. Uh, Customer, you have this problem. You may not be aware of it. And later when they're ready and they understand more about that problem, then we can then we've earned the right to talk to them about, hey, our product can solve that problem better than anybody else. So, you know, kind of not leading with the product first, doing that later.
0: Yeah, that's so well put, right? Like you have to find your way there. You have to earn the right to get to the stage where you can say, okay, we understand you so well in in your problems. We have a solution that might be interesting, but you can't, if you lead with that, then the the, the buyers gonna be like, well, how, "You don't know you don't know me. How can you possibly yep. know if your solution is going to help us?"
1: Yep, yep.
0: So, what's something that you've learned over your? I think you said twenty years in marketing. What's something you've learned that you can share with our listeners that'll help them better engage their audiences?
1: Um. So I have a lot of battle scars. So, but we won't go there. But I will talk a little bit about something that is affecting a lot of marketers in a lot of different industries and that's covid-19 what it's done is it has accelerated digital technologies uh, the, the adoption of digital technologies for everyone companies across multiple industries you know industries like manufacturing who you know were slower than maybe the technology industry to adopt digital transformation well they're undertaking it if they haven't already done so, companies are also interacting with more digitally savvy uh, customers who have rising expectations, you know, of that, that exchange that they have with the company. And the pandemic certainly accelerated that. But in general, customers are becoming more digitally savvy. So it's kind of like, you know, the tide is rising, but also the tide is rising faster than it used to. So today's customer is increasingly savvy, digitally speaking, and has rising expectations. They demand to be met on their terms, and they expect the brands with whom they interact with to know them, understand them, and add value to that interaction. So that makes it very challenging for marketers uh, in that not only do uh, marketers and companies in general need to understand their audience, their needs, their preferences at that greater level of detail than they had previously, but they have to put in the processes in place to better engage their audiences. And so I'll give you an example in our industry, in the hoteling industry, it means that more hoteliers are improving their digital presence, whether it's through their website, engaging um, their customers through social media, and email to reach potential guests, whereas historically they haven't had that need. It also means that they're much more open to accepting contactless payments, doors that can be opened with a mobile device, kiosks to check in and out of the hotel. So it's not just how you communicate with them, but also how you do business. It, it is now starting to become the norm. And it is something that I think if, if companies do it well, they can engage their audiences so much better. But... But, Jeremy, it's a huge undertaking, and it is not something that can be done overnight. And so, you know, we, like others, are taking a phase-by-phase approach, and we're incorporating more and more of that in the long term instead of trying to, to, you know, get there overnight because that's just – it's too hard. Uh, It's too hard to do that.
0: Indeed. Absolutely. Well, Janet, thank you so much for that and for all of your insights And thank you for your time. Really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Likewise. Uh, Thanks for having me and uh, best of luck.
0: That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at TribKnowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B-Knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.